Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. We're back again with Michael Yost, president of Strategies, one of my mentors and my first business coach. He has helped me so much with my business, and I am so happy that we are doing this series. So this series is all about the four business outcomes. I've partnered with Strategies to share with all of you some of the most amazing business information, and I hope you're enjoying the series so far. So welcome, Michael. Welcome back. Thank you for doing this. This has been awesome. It has been awesome. Thank you, Gina, for having me back again. It has been a ton of fun and uh, looking forward to our time together today. Sounds great. So today we're going to be talking about one of the most challenging business outcomes. I'm going to say challenging. Um, All of the clients that I coach with and all the salon owners I talk to, this is probably one of the most difficult um, business outcomes to impact and to, you know, deal with. And uh, that uh, business outcome is staff retention. But before we jump into it, I want to just give a quick little bit of context about the four business outcomes. Um, the four business outcomes are productivity, profitability, customer loyalty, and staff retention. These four outcomes happen in your business, whether you like it or not. The thing is, we can impact them in a positive or negative way with our actions. Michael, did you want to add any more context about the four business outcomes before we jump in? No, I mean, I think that's perfect. Again, just to realize, and this is going to be really important, the only context I want to add is just to expand just that little bit, especially around today's topic, which is I want us all to remember that, uh, and again, if you've listened to the previous ones, you've heard us say this, these four business outcomes are all linked to one another. They all influence one another. None of these stand independent and on their own. They're all influenced by uh, each other. And so if you keep that in mind, you know, that's going to do you a lot of good when it comes to really thinking about the idea of, of staff retention Uh, Because, again, it is so important, but it's influenced by the other three outcomes as well. Uh, So I just want to set the table with that, just that little extra, just that, that note to say, keep in mind, none of these are independent or fly solo. They all are linked and they all influence uh, each other every day. Love that. And I want to just give a quick example of that. So in reference to staff retention, staff retention being, do your does your team stay with you or do they move on quickly? Or how long of a relationship do you have with your team? Out of all team members who started in on January of 2020, how many still are with you on January 2021? Like that would be a way we can kind of track that. And we can dive into that a little bit deeper if we want later. But thinking about how all these business outcomes interact with each other, if the business is not profitable, if profitability isn't there, and we can't help our team members grow financially, that would affect our retention. If customers don't come back and it affects our productivity, 
that could affect staff retention. So just in reference to what Michael was saying about how all of these business outcomes affect each other, I think it's really important to start looking at it now that we're at, I believe we're at episode five of this series and we learned so much along the way. Now, now that we have context of all of them looking at how they work together and when you have challenges and problems in your salon saying like, okay, another team member left. How can we look at the four business outcomes and really determine how can we look at them and really determine what is going on so we can positively affect the outcome? So I wanted to just give a little context there. Um, but let's move on into staff retention. So, Michael, what is it? Well, again, I think you actually just did a great job of kind of setting it up. You know, staff retention is nothing more than the ability for us uh, to retain great team members. Simple as that. Uh you know, can we retain team members that, that uh, want to stay a part of your business, your company? No matter, again, doesn't matter what the, the setup is, what the structure is, you know, what your format of your company is, the business model that you follow. But are you a place that has, uh, you know, faces that people are familiar with and that then that stay with you for a, a period of time and a, maybe a long period of time? Or... Are you a business where people come in and go, oh, who's this new group of people? And, you know, every time I come in, it's a little bit revolving door. Uh, because, again, revolving doors, in, in some cases, we have to have some turnover. Some cases, and I'm sure we'll get into this, some cases, that's not a bad thing. But if you feel as though you are a revolving door, that's where, you know, that's where challenges lie because it's a sign that there are other things that, you know, might be honest, I just kind of say it this way, might be broken uh, in our business and, and not allowing us to retain great team members. Yeah, totally. And for, for me, you know, GBH, my my first business, which I ran as a team-based team based business, staff retention was so important to me because the trust when you're client sharing and the the guest ability to recognize somebody for a period of time and like oh well you know Elise she's been with us for two years she's washed your hair like five times she's blow drying you a few times like if Elise needs to do your color they already know her so it was just really great for our culture and for our clients to give a great client experience which also led to client retention and productivity and profitability by having the same team members, the guest, if they couldn't get an appointment with me, they had someone else they can go to, which positively affected all outcomes. Right. Exactly. That's absolutely it. You know, when you start to think about it and you, you, you're, you're pointing out some great pieces of this, here's another great way to kind of set the table for, you know, the topic today is, you know, kind of, Gina, the, what you just said, it's like, hey, listen, if people are familiar and they start to gain a comfort and, a, and you used a great word, trust, they start to build trust with others that are a part of your business, they want to stay a part of your business. And if they trust you and they trust the, what's happening, they're willing to be open to other people they might not be immediately familiar with, but that trust starts to go a long way and, and people make decisions about that. You know, so uh, again, a lot of times we'll use the illustration of, of a restaurant uh, in, in a lot of our, our illustrations because it's something we're all familiar with. You know, 
staff retention, we don't make, we make decisions because we trust where we're going is going to provide us a great experience. And we just got done talking about on the last podcast, if you didn't catch it, the customer loyalty piece, but staff is what helps to create customer loyalty because providing a consistent experience begins with staff. And so staff that can provide that, people want to stay a part of that, but people make decisions. Like if you go to a restaurant, you don't necessarily always ask, well, who's cooking today? Oh, well, if Gina's not cooking today, well, then I'm not coming. If Michael's cooking, then I don't want any part of this. You know, no, people come into your business and they trust the fact. That's why having a great team of loyal teams that stay together, building people around you that have trust and staff retention allows you to have, and maybe the key word to really pull out right at this point is staff retention allows you to create consistency. And what do what does everyone want to deliver? A consistently great experience, no matter what it is. And staff retention allows you to create consistency. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that was, uh, for, for my business, a huge deal is having the same people there and, and getting the longest relationship from them as possible. And um, just focusing on the like ways they can grow was how I was able to do that for the most part. Um, even at the network, you know, we are a different business model, but I value so much having the same people here. Like people don't leave unless they go open a salon, which is like, you know, great for them, you know, at this, in, in this model. But, um, you know, as a business owner, walking in and seeing familiar faces is so important. Yeah. No, I mean, it absolutely is, you know, because again, it, again, it goes back to, we keep using the word trust. It goes back to builds trust. Uh, it builds that consistency, which is so important to our businesses. You know, this is the, this is that, that component that a lot of times we don't look at, but we, we say to ourselves, how do I continue to grow this? And, and Gina, you just kind of brought up uh, something that jogs in my mind, which is, if, you know, if you're looking to strengthen this area, you've got to give people the ability to see their future or how they can grow within your own company. And I think that's a, I think that's a place a lot of businesses go wrong. They, it's almost like I describe it this way when I do classes. Um, I'll say, are you giving people a job or are you giving them a career? And there's a big difference. You know, a job is just something where, yeah, you know what? I come in to work. I know what I'm supposed to do. I see my tasks and, and I complete them. You know, that's a job. Is there anything wrong with the job? No, nothing wrong with the job. But a career is not only do I know what I'm able to, not only do I know the tasks that I need to perform and, and the things I need to do, but a career is I see how I can grow here. I see other opportunities here that, that can help me, you know, tap into other interests I might have or the, just the ability. And again, I'll just kind of leave it as grow, whatever that means. You know, growth can mean, yeah, we, financial growth. Growth can mean skill growth. Growth can mean personal development. 
Growth can mean taking on other responsibilities to leadership or other tasks or things around the business that it may need. It can mean any number of things, big or small, but that's the difference between when you have team members, uh, and again, no matter what your business model is, you want to retain loyal team members. You, you got to show them a way that they can have a career not just a job that they come in and punch a time clock on in a sense and just feel like it's a nine to five and I just do my thing. And I think that, you know, the misconception out there, and I'll kind of end it and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this one, Gina. I think the misconception, because I hear it a lot with coaching clients that, that we work with, tell me if you hear the same thing, which is the misconception is people say, well, all they want to do is they just want to come in, they want to do their work and they want to leave. I, I personally think that's, I think that's a cop-out. I mean, I'll just call a spade a spade. I think that's kind of a cop-out. Uh, I, I don't think that people just really just want to come in and do their job and that's it. Um, I, I think people want more than that. I don't know. I mean, what? I disagree. you agree with that or are you kind of like, no, we can do that one out a little bit. What are your thoughts? So I disagree. And I think that, I think it's really good that you and I are having this conversation on this platform because we have listeners who are salon owners, stylists, educators, commission stylists, employee stylists, assistants, students. We have like a whole plethora of people, right? And I think that a big thing is, is that we have to acknowledge the fact that booth rental, suite rental, all of these things exist. We have to acknowledge the fact that many service providers want to come in, do their job, go home, spend time with their families, and just make money. Like some people just want this to be a job. Then there are people who want this to be a career. They want to climb. They want to grow. They want to be a part of something. They want to create a culture or be a part of a culture. There are people equal amounts of people who want more. And I think that a lot of the time, how you said turnover is sometimes good, you can't fit a round thing into a square peg sometimes. Like sometimes it's just not the right fit, you know? And I had people working for me who in the beginning it was great, but then their life circumstances changed. They didn't want to be involved in a lot of the things that we had maybe when they first got into the industry, they wanted to do something and then they get a taste of it and it's just not what they want. You know, I can give an example of a team member who I had on managing staff and they hated it. And then now they like to come in, do their work, go home. They're, they're gone when, before their client's gone. Like the client is at, the client has barely made it to their car and they're already on the highway, you know? Right. And there are people who literally are doing this to make money. And I think when you're an employee-based salon owner and you're building a brand and you're building a culture and, you know, you're offering, you know, a great work experience, like say you're offering consistent pay, you're paying their taxes, you're offering health insurance, 401k, like you're offering like a full-on job in this industry, I think you need to expect, hire, and hold accountable people who want more but if you have someone who wants just a job and what you're offering is a career sometimes you have to just cut the cord and know that there's somebody else out there who wants this position and sometimes you have to wait but i think that for some people their more in life is not work you know like some people come in and want more it might not be work they want growth in it it always comes down to the six human needs for me which are certainty uncertainty significance connection growth and contribution some people 
if all if three or more of those needs are met at work they love their job right so if they're getting a consistent paycheck if they have different clients all the time if they um you know the salon features them on social media if they're a special part of the salon and they feel special worthy significant like they matter if they have connection with everybody in the salon they have a good group of people and friends and if they're growing if there's education offered and if they're giving back in some way like maybe they can mentor one of the assistants you're meeting all of their needs and you don't have to have it be like a full-on thing. But if, if all of their needs are being met and they're happy with that, or even just two or more are being met and they're happy with that, their needs can be met elsewhere too. So it's like yes. some people, their work is their life. That's me. My work is my life. Like I love my job. I want to grow in my job. My growth is in my job. Some people may value growth and they may go to jujitsu five nights a week. And when you right. tell them, oh, would you like to come into a charity event? And they're like, no, I have jujitsu. Or no, I have my kids thing. Or like, you know what I mean? You, I think it's good to know that there's different people. And if you've got people in your company who don't want what you have to offer, we have to be strong enough to say it's not a good fit. That's my uh, spiel. No, love it. Love the, love the, love the spiel. Love the soapbox. Uh, I'll climb on my own, but I'm going to actually, I'm going to, I'm going to meet you part way on this for sure, which is this, because I think you bring up a really, really valid point, you know, so let me put it this way. I, I'm going to want to address the person that's in their car and they're leaving for the climbing leaves. Listen, there are people out there that are like that. And I'm like, thank you for not working for me because that's not what I want. But at the same time, though, I think there's a majority of the person you described is this. And I think the easiest way to do it is I'll use kind of the, uh, um, oh, my gosh, you just shared it. What, what are the needs? The six um, human needs. And that's like Tony Robbins, like yeah. six so, human needs. So we'll just stay with the idea of the needs. I would say this, that I think people even then that say, I think that people leave places of employment. And I don't. I'm, I'm not trying to get into employee base versus this or that. What I want to say is, people leave their place of employment because needs aren't probably getting met, and their idea of a career is lining up differently than what the vision of that place is. And so, I'm a hundred percent with you. Where people now, I mean, one of the outlets now is to say, "Hey, listen, I think that it's." With the with the ease in which people can be more independent and be independent, is that a bad or a good thing? I, I don't. I mean, I guess it depends on what side of the coin you want to what you, you want to line up with. I don't find it to be good or a bad thing. What I find it to be is a statement of, "Hey, listen, it's easier for me because where I was, I didn't see." that career opportunity meeting my needs. My needs are different than what the vision for that place of employment was. And so now I have an easier outlet to meet my needs. And so, you know, I think to your point, Gina, I think that, like I said, I think that we're, you know, I would in a way, a lot of ways agree with, with what you're sharing, which is just the idea of I think it just simply allows people, uh, you know, independent just simply allows people to say, hey, my needs weren't getting met there. And so I'll find it, this is an easier way for me to meet my needs and still have what I would still classify as a career. 
because it's meeting the needs and it's, you know, a growth opportunity. And so some people's growth opportunities line up differently. And so this is so if you're listening, though, and you are a and let's be clear about this, and you are an employee-based type company, all right, you have employees for your company, but you see constant, you know, constant turnover happening, well, then you really have to look and say, am I meeting the needs? Do I understand the needs of the people that are part of my company? You've got to understand that. It's, it's, there are certain times where it's perfectly, and I, I would back this up because we are 100%, you know, uh, I'm 100% with this. There are certain times where you just have to say, listen, this is how we do things here, but that's different. You know, you got to also understand, though, what people want. That's a different, that's a different conversation than how can I help you grow a career? You know, how can I help you meet your needs? Just because... Listen, the systems that we expect you to follow, that's just how we want things done. That's a whole different conversation than how do I give someone a career here? Because that's why people, I'm, I think that's at the core why people stay with businesses or leave businesses because they're, again, we'll stay with the idea of needs. Are their needs being met and are you providing an outlet to meet those needs? You know, no matter what your structure is around your business. So I totally agree. I totally agree. Something that is interesting to me when I was having a lot of people leave GBH, like I had a lot of people leave one after the other. And I had a team member, Joffrey, he always told me how it was. And I never listened. He always told me exactly how it was. I used to say, no one will tell me anything. Joffrey would be telling me exactly how it is, but I didn't want to hear it, so I never heard him. But there's a few things he said to me, like, right off the bat. He's just like, Gina, when you're outside smoking with two or three people, we all feel left out. Like, you can't be, like, clicking up with the people there. And I was just like, no, no, it's not like that. It's not like that, whatever. That was one thing. Another thing he told me when I was traveling nonstop, because I got to the point where I was traveling nonstop, he said, Gina, we look around and we used to look to you, and now there's no one to look to to grow. Like, we're the best in the salon, so we're kind of like, who do we look to? And I was just like, no, no, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't want to hear it. But, like, those kinds of things of, like, giving your team member always somebody somewhere to grow. Like, if they feel like their growth has stopped, if they yeah. feel disconnected to you or if they feel left out or insignificant, those kinds of things affect retention, too. Um, and it goes back to being present in your business. Right. No, abs Absolutely. And that's it. And again, it kind of goes to the point where now the outlet to be, to, to move to a more, in, you know, the outlet to move to something independent is so easy now that people don't need. So again, if you're, if you're looking and saying, I'm having a hard time with their attention, these are definite issues. The things you just talked about are absolutely huge issues that need discussed. Here's another one that we often don't think about. It changes the narrative uh, a little bit as well, though. But here's another piece that a lot of people ignore about staff, uh, about retaining a, a loyal team, is that you might be keeping around people that should not be a part of your team because you're scared to lose people 
where the reality is, in other words, you, we've all heard this this statement where you really have to embrace it is people that want to play the game at a high level want to play the game with high-level people. When you keep around, you know, we'll say A-level players want to play with A-level players. They don't want to play with C-level players. And so we see this happen quite often as well is they may love you, they may love your business, but they just get tired of the fact that, you know what, you still, you know, tolerate C-level performance from others. And you're like, listen, you know what, if I can play the game with A-level players, I'm going to find places to play that game with them because that's how I want to play my game. And so sometimes by, by being held at ransom to we get we get so wrapped up into that I can't lose this person I can't lose that person or I'll tolerate behaviors that that aren't you know aren't behaviors that we want to have and it brings our whole experience this is where again all this stuff gets tied in right the customer loyalty they're you know creating a, a great customer experience uh, you know creating a busy productive business and all this if we we want to work with high level players. And if we people work with others, they see just play the game at the minimal level that can cause turnover as well. And it, all of that, none of that. Well, it is directly in your, in your control, but it's a whole different way to look at part of this conversation as well, that you, we all have to be aware of. Yeah, totally. So I'm excited now. I have a really good idea. I have two really good things I want to talk about. Um, for the rest of this episode in reference to staff retention. So two things I want to talk about are broadbands because strategies has that figured out. Broadbands and job descriptions. So I'd love for you to share um, what a broadband is. And you don't have to go crazy into it because if people yeah. want to get Honestly, like that was, I feel like the command center and strategies was one of the most valuable tools that I have ever had in my life. Um, and I love command center and then the broadbands and being able to create a job description for my employees and show them the future at my company. I'd love for you to talk about what makes up a job description and how strategy says that with broadbands. And then I have a question. What do you think the top mistake salon owners make that lead to turnover. So I want to go there for the end of our episode. So let's right. start with broadbands because I'm like, I'm so, I just can talk to you for like five hours, but I want to yeah, like absolutely. hone, I want to hone in on how can we retain our guests or I mean, not guests, how can we retain our stylists by providing them a future, showing them the future at our company? And then what do we need to stop doing? Right. So uh, broadband is our language for uh, basically, in the simplest terms, a career path. Simple as that. So we call it a broadband because when we think about broadband, we typically think about it when, in relation to high-speed communication. Uh, you know, we think about the internet, things like that. So it's high-speed communication because when you, if you attend one of our classes, especially incubator, or you get into any working with us, the broadband is is basically put down on one page. Now, there's a lot of other information that goes into it that, that come from other sources, but it's one page. So in other words, it's high speed communication. But what it does is this, is it's a career path that maps out 
not only the expectations of, of growth when it comes to skills, so how do we grow our skills, but also it has components in it that also talk about how we grow our strengths, our individual strengths, and our team strengths and behaviors, and it spells and it has a, a section for that as well. So what we're talking about is really talking about on that career path, showing someone how they can grow in our company. And what a broadband at its core is, is it's a promise that the company makes to that employee and that the employee makes to the company that says, we're going to help you grow in this capacity. It's our promise to you as a, as a, as a company to help you, Gina, you, Michael, grow in this business to gain these skills to grow these to grow these uh these areas not just physical skills because again we have a section for team you know behaviors and individual strengths which are things like trust and accountability and uh follow through and things of that nature are contained in there also in the career path it shows someone uh a range in which they can start to earn so we can show them their their potential financially in our company. And again, all this is based upon, all this is scaled to your business. None of this is just random. It's all scaled to your business, but we show someone a pay opportunity range that reflects uh, what your company can do and support. And that's really important for people to be able to see that, you know, what's my potential here financially, because that's a big deal. That's why we work, got pay bills. And then there's also a piece, the last piece of it, it contains the um, where we make sure that we set out our parameters around our performance, uh, our numbers, how we're doing performance-wise as well. So we can make sure that, again, the goals that we're setting in that area help everyone to reach their goals uh, as well. Because, again, if we want to grow, we have to be able to reach goals in order to do that. And so we have to have, again, everything, if you're familiar with strategies at all at this point now, and listen to anything, you know that numbers are at the root because that measures our uh, actions and our behaviors. So we want to make sure. So it contains three main components uh, that are a part of it. And it's, it's an invaluable piece because it provides a way to give clarity for someone that's new or existing in your company as to how they can continue to be a part of your company, grow in your company. And also it creates a very simple way for us to communicate well together because we are using a, something that's like, so if I'm having a conversation with Gina about her growth and opportunity, we're looking at, a, at, a, at the same document. We're coming from the same point of view and perspective when we have those conversations. So that's that's the broadband. Yeah, uh, I needed this conversation. <laughs> I needed this conversation, honestly, even for me. Like I have some new employees and, um, you know, just to work in the business too. And it's like, okay, we're going to have you do this, this, and this. And it's like having the set high. I love that you said broadband equals job description, but broadband is called broadband because of high-speed communication. 
everybody right. should be on the same page. Um, and you said every broadband or job description, career path, all of these things should include your numbers, your skills, your strengths, and then your culture. And you guys have this dialed in. It's one of the best freaking documents ever. Um, so important for retaining your team. So right. I'm, I think that definitely having that in place is huge. I want to, I want to just clarify just ever so slightly too to say again broadband is that career path it helps you to understand and it helps you to uh give more detail to a job description which to us would be a little bit separate but again it's in the same family i misspoke I misspoke. I'm sorry. You said broadband, career path, high speed yeah. communication, not job description. That yeah. I misspoke. That's all right. Sorry about that. That's all right. But you know, the, and you know, but the key is, is that a lot of times we get things a little bit. And this is one. Actually, you ask for, for for. Actually, I think we want to talk about some of the mistakes that we can make as business uh, owners. Is that's one of the mistakes that we can make is not defining, you know, clearly for someone what are their career path and opportunity is along with what the job description is, which would be a little bit more detailed on, Hey, here's the expectations. Here's what the, the tasks that are provided. So a job description is a little bit more black and white where, Hey, we're hiring you as a, this type of a technician or this type of a service provider. And here's the responsibilities of what your duties are and things of that nature. That's part of a job description a career path and the broadband we're just describing goes into more depth when it comes into how I grow my skills and how I grow as a person in my, in that business. And that's where that line becomes very distinct, but that's part of creating that better overall, why people want to stay a part of a team because they can see clearly not only what their job, actual job description is, what's expected of me, but also what my opportunities are, that's where the broadband and career path come in, uh, in that note. And that's one of the biggest mistakes. So I'm kind of glad that that actually just kind of happened because that's honestly one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of business owners make is they think that one takes care of the other and they're, they're you know, and they're linked, but, they, but they're very, two very distinct pieces. So something that salon owners, um, a mistake they can make is they don't have separate. Can you, can you clarify? Yeah. So saloners just don't have something that says they don't separate. They think that the job description gives that team member enough information about their future career as well. When the reality is a job description is exactly that. It's almost like looking up the definition in the, in a dictionary for a word. It gives you what that what that word means. It describes it. Great, done. That's the end of it. You need to have those, by the way. We need to understand what the definition of our job is. That's kind of the job description. The broadband and the career path are exactly that. It's how do I now grow in my job? You know, it's not defining it, but it's how we move forward. It's the it's the other pieces we're looking at. And you 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 nailed these when you said it, Gina. It's nailing down the culture piece and our relation to that in our business. It's nailing down some of the skill growth and opportunities. It's nailing down how we work as a team member, how we bring our own individual strengths and behaviors to the company each day, along with showing our growth financially 
in growth in terms of our performance and our uh, and again the key growth targets that we set some goal setting in there that help us to reach so that's where it gets very distinctly different uh but very necessary because everyone needs to understand with clarity what's expected of them but also how do i move forward Totally. I think we should rattle off even a couple more mistakes salon owners make. And I totally am making this mistake right now. I need to get solid job descriptions and solid broadband style career path, like where I can have better communication about where they can go from here. And I don't have a lot of employees. That's why it's not like, you know, the forefront, but like, I have to work on this too. Like I'm not perfect. Everybody like, you know, all of us can do better in our business. So if you're a salon owner listening and you don't have the separate career path and description, that is a huge way you can just straight up improve your staff retention. Yeah, absolutely. You, you actually just touched on something that I think is another, uh, you may jog my mind around another mistake that we make. We can say to ourselves, oh, well, I'm only, I only have one other or two other employees. So do I really need that for such a small company? And the answer is, it doesn't matter the size of your company. Everyone, when you go to work somewhere, so again, think about where you have worked in the past, your past job experiences from when maybe when you were in high school and a high school job through whatever your, wherever your life is taking you over these years as you listen, where did you attach to and where did you go, eh? And again, it didn't matter if the company that you worked for was just you and someone else. If you were the employee and you worked for an owner, didn't matter if you, it was a two-person company or a 200-person or 2,000-person. The same expectations are there no matter what. So the common mistake is for a lot of businesses, and again, traditionally, our world in the beauty industry, we're traditionally what we would say small business. So again, we are under the majority of people probably listening are probably less than 25 employees or under, right? And some of those probably are less than 10. Not a problem. That's not any judgment. No big deal. You got what you got. That's fine. We're not saying you got to be bigger, smaller. It's not my point. My point is it doesn't matter what size you are. That What matters is the fact that you have people that are looking for to you as the owner of a business to give them clarity on what's expected of them and how they can grow in your company. doesn't matter if there's two of you or 200 of you, that same expectation is absolutely still there. So there's another mistake. Uh, another one that immediately comes to mind is this, and it's in the same vein as this, but a, just slightly off the path, just a little bit is we take the time to maybe write out a career path uh, for someone and we make, you know, again, so we use our, you know, again, I'll use our language. We, we put out this broadband out there. Hey, here's how you grow. But then what we do is we compromise ourselves in relation to that. So we make excuses around poor behavior that still allows us to tolerate things that we didn't, that, that we shouldn't. We compromise our behavior and we accept things that we write out that say very clearly, this is what we need to have happen, but yet we allow different behaviors to happen and we still go, well, I'll give that a pass. 
And the fact of the matter is that's the most damaging thing you can do in your business in general is to say, it's almost, I'd almost tell you, it's probably almost worse saying, hey, here's the expectation, but then you never hold anyone to those expectations. I'd rather you not create any expectation and just let people run amok. Right. Yeah, it makes you look it, weak. It's, it's almost more damaging to say, here's the expectation, because you're gonna have some people that are absolute, you know, that's how they play the game, because that's how you set out it's gonna get played. And they're gonna look around and say, Well, wait a second, you let Michael do all that. Whereas I'm here I am, I'm playing by the rules, but why do you let Michael do this, that, and the other? And he still seems to get the same route, you know what I mean? So we allow compromise to come in. We set expectations, but they never hold any, that's as far as they go. They become just honestly, just words on a piece of paper or in, in an Excel file or on a Word document or whatever you got uh, that we never cover again. Yeah, I will totally, that, I totally agree with that 1000%. And I think that, you know, another thing that is, uh, you know, what leaders do wrong, like the biggest mistakes that leaders make to build off of what you said is they compromise, but they'll hold people in a staff meeting. They'll talk about all these changes, then they hold nobody accountable. So they literally compromise and that makes you look so weak. Like there's a difference between weakness and vulnerability. And if you hold people in a staff meeting, take up all their time, have all these systems that you want to do and you don't hold anyone accountable, not only do they look at you as weak, they lose respect for you. And I think yep. that people don't want to like, like people need to understand the difference between weakness and vulnerability because as a leader, you could be vulnerable with your team and show them that you're human, but there's a difference between weakness and vulnerability. Like you have to stick with what you you have to stick with what you say you're going to do. And I think it goes to masculine and feminine energy, like serious, certain energy, and then fun, playful, real energy. Like those two energies have to balance. The worst possible thing you can do in your business is take up people's time, create all of these systems, compromise, and hold nobody accountable. Because when you don't hold people accountable, the weakness and the loss of respect that is going to make people leave and it's going to make people think they can do it better on their own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really well said. And the only thing I, to add to that, just to kind of try and even clarify even just that little bit more too, is just to say this, the word that I kept hearing when you were saying all that is trust. People break trust. When you break trust through the, just the things that you just were illustrating, Gina, trust when you have trust, think about all of your relationships. And again, work relationships, personal relationships. When you have trust, things happen. You get things done in a positive way. Things, things happen in a positive way. Uh, but when trust is broken, it gets really challenging to get anything accomplished, right? To move forward in any way, shape, or form whatever that means in those relationships, but especially in a work relationship, you know, trust is so critically important. And when that gets broken, because they see different, oh, different sets of, of rules possibly, or like I said, you know, you talked about the idea of weakness or things. When they see trust getting broken, that's, that's, you know, that's really hard to overcome. We always say, with trust, I can accomplish anything. Uh, here's the good news, though, is the good news is this, is that even though trust can be broken, trust can also be rebuilt. 
Uh, but it's hard work, but trust can be rebuilt. So there is hope if you feel like, dang it, you know, maybe I've broken some trust. Well, okay, maybe your actions have. Uh, okay. And again, some of it probably is done unintentionally. For the majority of us listening, we never do it intentionally. It just happens, you know, Absolutely. but trust can be rebuilt at the same time. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm in early recovery, you know, from drugs and alcohol. And part of the thing is, how can I go back and make amends with all of these people? Or how can I do better? And what we talk about in recovery, and I'm no like educator on this, I'm in my own recovery. But like, one of the big things is you make living amends. Every day you show up and you prove you're serious about what you're doing and you make living amends. And I think that that's so important. So if you did break trust, it can be rebuilt. You just have to show up every day and you need to get your stuff together and you need to prove to not only you, your team, your clients, everybody prove that you mean what you say and it can be rebuilt. So before we close on this episode, I want to go to a statement that I learned from strategies. I believe it was from strategies. Correct me if I'm wrong. People don't leave salons. They leave leaders. Yep. That's a hundred percent. Now we probably stole that from someone else that was uh, smarter than us even as well. Uh, but th but that is a very true statement and that's, that's exactly right. And you know what, that can be a tough pill to swallow. I mean, I know even for myself as a business owner, uh, one time for 16 years, when, when I had people leave, you know, it took me a second to have to kind of do a little bit of pride swallow and say, you know what, they left leadership. They didn't leave a business. And, you know, again, maybe there was a point where it was okay to leave because, you know, our direction, kind of going back to the very beginning of this conversation, in a sense, my, my goals for their career and what we wanted to provide for careers weren't no, we're no longer matching up with their goals for their careers. Hey, that's just life. That happens. No big deal. Uh, but sometimes we have to look and say, you know, why is that happening? Because people leave leaders. They don't leave. We don't just leave businesses um, as far as that goes. So, yep, that's the statement. All right. can be a tough pill to swallow at times, but that is the statement. Yeah, totally. And thinking about like, even if you leave in great terms with somebody, even if you, somebody leaves your business and it wasn't a good fit and it's good that they're gone and the turnover is good, or if it someone leaves because you weren't able to meet their needs in your business, just looking at it and taking accountability and ownership of the, as the leader and just saying like, how could I have done better? I think accepting things for what they are and always looking to things for constant and never ending improvement is gonna make you an incredible business owner. So I think that's a great place to end on this topic. We talked about yeah. so many different things. Staff retention, because it involves um, relationships with employees, which are full of uncertainty, like you can't control people. You know what I mean? Like you cannot right. as much as us, we want right, to That's like, for sure. I'm like, but like you can't control people. Like, you know, people are their own people. They have their own visions and dreams outside of their work week with you. It's so important to just like think about like, what could you have done better? Well, you bring up something great. One last thought uh, on exactly what you just said. Remember, yeah, we can't control people. So here's what you do. You manage your systems and you lead your people. Too many people try and manage people and lead systems. And the fact of the matter is you got it wrong. You manage your systems and you lead your people. And 
you are just saying exactly that, Gina. So that's a perfect, you know, perfect way to start to wrap this up for sure. 100%. That was amazing, Michael. That's a perfect way to end it. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and for these amazing conversations over the past few months. This has just been so awesome. I'm so excited um, just for this series in general. It's been so great. If you guys are looking for more education from Strategies, you will not be disappointed with their education. You can check out all of their seminars, including the Incubator Seminar, which is the only Strategies class that explains the team-based business model from top to bottom. It's one of their best seminars, although all of their seminars are five stars. I would recommend them to anybody. You guys know me, like I will not recommend education unless it's 20 stars, like I'm an educator. So I wouldn't be out here talking about strategies if I didn't owe so much of my business expertise to the trainings that they have given me. So thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, strategies. And we will see you all on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast. This episode is produced by Alora Media.